What is up, everybody? This is Catfish on Ice. This is episode 161 coming to you from this great, glorious land we call the United States of America. Team USA is in the World Cup if you're not watching and you're not keeping up lately. And they are about to advance to the round of 16. I got to make sure here. It, I'm, we're literally recording this while Team USA is playing right now. And um, we are a hockey podcast, but we're always going to cheer for Team USA. And they are up one nothing right now. And they are literally in extra time to clinch to go to the next round of the World Cup against Iran. And you know what? It's great to be an American. I know we have our flaws. We're not a political podcast here, but it's great to be an American. It's great for everyone to come together and cheer for an awesome young team. And I want to give props to Team USA as they look, it looks like they will advance. I hope I don't eat crow on this, but I'm literally watching this on my phone right now. And it looks like they're going to advance to the round of 16. So congratulations to the U.S. men's national team. This is Catfish and Ice episode 161 as the National Predators are getting ready to return to the ice after an unexpected six-day break, almost a week long of a break, which is very unheard of normally in a season. And to open up episode 161, got a really awesome friend of mine, awesome guest, someone who is doing awesome things in the National Predators community right now. For 102.5 The Game, also contributes to Predlines.com. That is Nick Kaiser. Nick, how are you doing, man? I'm great, Chad. I haven't been on here in a while, and remember, it's Keezer. Keezer? But Kaiser sounds so cool. Okay, Keezer, I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> hey, it happens a lot. Don't worry about it. It's well, all good. <laughs> it'll never happen again. I'm the worst host ever. How about we just go ahead and make a plaque for me right now that I'm the worst host ever. I can't even pronounce the guest name right. All right. Nick Keezer is with us and he is doing awesome work. And we're about to get into some Preds talk here because they are returning to action. First of all, are you a soccer guy? Are you, have you been folk? Have you been watching the world cup? Yeah, actually I've been paying attention to it. Probably not as closely as your most avid soccer fan, but I am paying attention to it. I think the biggest thing is all the, political nonsense that's kind of been going on with it as well um so -hmm. that's probably taking a lot of the front away from teams and countries right now trying to represent themselves yeah unfortunately that's kind of the climate we find ourselves in in today's world but um either way it's it's awesome if uh team usa can make it to the next round and i think it just went official here uh the u.s men's national team is going to advance to the next round. All right. So we had to share that. I had to share that because, um, as Americans, we love to see, um, our teams on the world stage like this, uh, at the highest level of their particular sports do things like this. All right, let's, let's get into some press talk here to open up catfish and ice episode 161 presented by DraftKings, part of the hockey podcast network. Uh, with Nick Keezer, and let me start it off with this. And we're going to, you know, the team has been on a six-day break here. Uh, they Their last game was against the Detroit Red Wings last Wednesday in a 3-0 uninspired shutout loss. Like, I know the coaches and Hines and the players said, we played a good game, yada, 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 but results matter. 
losing three nothing to the Detroit Red Wings is a leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And so they're getting ready for the Ducks. And Nick, I got to ask you, how do you think, in your own personal opinion, that the team is going to respond? to such an odd situation with the water main break at Bridgestone Arena uh, that canceled a back-to-back against the Colorado Avalanche and the Columbus Blue Jackets over the weekend. And it's actually kind of a mini miracle that they're actually playing tonight on Tuesday against the Ducks. But, yeah, give me your overall sense of what you, how do you think this team's going to respond to this. Well, here's the first thing about the flood that happened inside Bridgestone Arena. Um, Sean Henry came on Chase William D. Mace earlier this afternoon, and he said that there were 2 million gallons of water that made it into the arena. And just so we have the story straight, too, if people did not get this straight the first time hearing it around earlier a few days ago, the water was not broken in the arena. It was on 6th Avenue behind the arena, and it broke through concrete, basically. That's why there was so much rubble and everything around that area that early in the morning. I actually had someone call the radio station that morning around 7 o'clock when I was here and said, hey, did you know that there's uh, three inches of water in the team store right now? And I said, no, I did not. And wow. said caller was saying that you guys are probably not going to have a game tonight. So... That's immediately when I checked with a few people and confirmed that, yeah, the Preds were highly unlikely to play, and here we are six days later. So, um, wow. I mean, that's that's where we start with this, is just saying, hey, like, there was that much water that made it into the arena, and now we're having a game. And Sean Henry came on toward the end of our show as well, um, saying that, hey, look, you know, we have an incredible staff here. All of our partners have shown up for us, and that's the first thing that you have to give kudos to is, you know, the arena stepping up and getting the ice ready, the arena ready. Um, and the one thing that he warranted to fans was, hey, you're not going to be able to use the escalators or the elevators probably this evening. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone's going to get some more exercise uh, probably for the foreseeable future. So nothing wrong with that. No, nothing at all. But I think tonight. <laughs> Um, The guys are really excited to play. Um, They held a morning skate. Everybody was present for the most part. Um, Looks like we're going to see Yakov Trennan slide back in on a line with Cody Glass and Mark Jankowski. Uh, Everybody's ready to roll. Uh, You got Yusuf Parson in up on the first line still, if I had to guess. And um, the herd line is still broken up. So we'll see the second and third line still get used to each other. Um, I hope that they respond really well, Chad. And, that's not the best description, but look look back at the last game they had in Detroit. You know, that's disappointing. Uh, you go up against a really good goaltender in Ville Huso, um, mm-hmm. and the Preds just could not get anything past him. They had a hell of a lot more high-danger chances, and even their heat chart was off the charts compared to previous games this year. Yeah. They just ran into a good team, and, yeah. you know, that's, that's going to happen, but – in the Predators' case, it doesn't make it any easier on John Hines, especially David Poyle, who has a lot of pressure on, on himself right now, who needs to probably make some changes here soon, or at least hint to John Hines that, look, we got to get this going, man, because we're not going to be too far behind of a non-contender probably for the yeah. rest of the season if you dig yourself too big. Yeah, of a hole. I mean, so it, it, the math is pretty easy, and math is hard for me, but the math, even for me, the math is pretty easy right now. You've got yeah. 20 points through 20 games. You're on pace for 82 points, which is well out of a playoff spot if that's what you finish at. 
So um, if you're looking at, yeah, you're at the quarter mark of the season and you're breaking the season down into quadrants or quarters or whatever you want to call it, um, the first quarter was not good enough, not even near good enough. So they've got to kick it up a notch. they got to kick it into gear. And, you know, the NHL schedule doesn't offer a lot of – I won't call it no, – no game is a gimme game. I'm not going to call it that. But this is a game that – I'm sorry, there's no excuses. Six days off, you've had time to push the reset button a little bit here. Get your ducks in a row, no pun intended. I didn't mean to make that pun, but it works perfectly. Get your ducks in a row here, and you're facing by far – probably the worst team in the league. No disrespect Mm -hmm. is meant to the Ducks, but you are by the standings and also probably just on paper, the Ducks are probably one of the two or three worst teams in the league. So Preds got to do something here. They've got to kick it into gear and they've got to get off on the right start. I don't care who it's against. Come out and play a very smart locked in game here. And you should be able to do it. there's no excuse to not leave this game tonight with with two points. No, there's not. And the really big thing for the Predators here tonight, honestly, Chad, is they need to play a team game, and they need to figure out how to dominate in their system against a team that's not great. Um, you know, you already kind of highlighted, you know, they're not a great team. They're at the very bottom of the NHL. And, you know, <clears throat> I know that in my piece that I had written this morning for Behind Enemy Lines – you know, mm-hmm. I, I took a, a deeper look into, you know, they do have the worst penalty kill. They do have probably the worst penalty kill, or I'm sorry, the worst power play by now. Um, you know, yeah. they were second to last or whatever they were, but, you know, bottom tier team overall. Um, I believe the times that they were shorthanded, or I think it's only 10 times more than the Predators. So um, the Predators just have to stay out of the box. You know, that's a broken record that we've heard for, years by now um so they gotta stay out of the box this evening uh they're gonna be a chippy team then they're gonna want to draw penalties and they're gonna want to get under your skin this evening um and the truth of the of the matter too is is, you know and i'm a john gibson fan i i love the guy because when he's played for team usa he's always been a backup and whenever he's gotten time he's played really well i feel bad for him you know he's had a bad season this year on a bad team he's four and twelve with a four goals against average pretty much. And it's definitely a horrible save percentage as well. I believe he's listed at having an 890 save percentage. Mm. And uh, he actually went down in their last game and did not finish the third period. So curious to see. I've been waiting. I was actually checking before I hopped on here with you, Chad, if Stellars was going to get a chance to play this evening. So he last played against the Ottawa Senators, but... I think John Gibson, if he gets the start tonight, that's probably your go-to. Uh, he's six and eight against the Predators, from what I remember, but he has a three-game losing streak against the Preds. So there if you're you the Preds, get after him because well, he's going to let up some goals. Well, Nick, we all know that the Preds are masters at making ordinary goaltenders look like Vesna Trophy goaltenders. Well, that's I hate true. To throw that out there, but that's very true. And <laughs> remember too, John Gibson, when he's on a good team. He's a Vesna caliber goaltender if he's oh, consistent. Absolutely, yeah. He's a great. He's 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 a definitely a top ten goaltender when he's got a good team around him. Like he's a yeah. great goaltender. Yeah. He's he's a really fun guy to watch. He reminds me a lot of you know he's a bigger person in general, but you know he plays 
very, very big. And he reminds me of Jonathan Quick. Uh, he's uh, basically a newer version of him at this point. Um, but yeah, I think honestly tonight you're going to get a scrappy ducks team. Um, you know, that's highlighted by Trevor Zegris, uh, mm-hmm. Troy Terry. They've got um, some Mace- young Mason McTavish. Yeah. Yeah. McTavish got is some a young talent. guy. Yeah. So I'm curious to see what they roll out tonight, Chad. I think, you know, that's going to be something to look at. And I did highlight this too. Um, Adam Henrique is a product of a John Hines team for two mm-hmm. years with the New Jersey Devils. Um, so I'm sure he knows him well. Um, but <clears throat> I think that'll be an interesting thing to keep tabs on. Um, so, yeah, and for sure. We don't know if John Klingberg is going to play tonight. I did hear that, um, you know, because I'm not able to go because I'm on a show most of the day. But um, John Klingberg was on the ice separately. So I would anticipate him not playing this evening um so that would be interesting to see um and the last time he played against the predators is he was obviously with the dallas stars Mm -hmm. um he's he scored his first goal against the predators um ever because he's played about 20 something games against the predators and scored his first goal against them back in march so nugget there all right um all right so let's let's move move along here and let's let's discuss. Um, first of all, I think the break just around this segment, this this topic out here. Um, I think the break will be a blessing in disguise for the Preds as a team. Obviously, it was unfortunate what happened in the arena and and all the damage. And but like Sean Henry already has said, and David Poyle also said on your show, um, so awesome to see everyone come come together and do the hard work to make sure a game is happening on this Tuesday night. So, um, but just looking at hockey terms, I think this team needed a reset a little bit. I know they had a five game point streak and that was great. All well and good, but the team is still not clicking on all cylinders. And I think that's fair to say, and everyone would mostly agree with that statement. And so here's a big reason why I think this team needed this unexpected reset here. And their offensive issues are very, very clear. Even in their wins, their their offensive issues are clear. 27th in power play, 29th in goals per game, 24th in shots per game. I know they've got some good games where they've lost and they had some good high danger chances like the loss to the Detroit Red Wings. And you're going to have those games where you're going to have really bad luck and it just doesn't break your way. But it, to the same token here, Philip Forsberg has one power play goal through the first 20 games. Not going to get it done. And I'm not just trying to come down on just Philip Forsberg here. That would not be fair because it's a whole team issue. But that sticks out to me. When I see that Philip Forsberg has one power play goal, what uh, Nick, what do you see going on here as far as why this team has went from a top 10 power play and was – totally trustworthy here in this department to now, I mean, you get a power play and it really doesn't do a lot for me. I'm like, okay, let's see what happens here, but I don't have a lot of confidence in it. Yeah. I think that's the number one question. We actually mentioned that toward the end of the show this afternoon. Um, You know, Willie Donick, you know, he's voice on TV and he brought up a good thing saying that, you know, the predators just need to capitalize on their opportunities here. And that's what even David Poyle said earlier this afternoon is if they don't capitalize on these given chances to them, 
you know, what else can you do? I mean, you have to improve yourself some way. I know that Max uh, wrote something for Predlines talking about this. And, um, you know, I think honestly, the biggest thing for me that I want to see is why don't we shoot the puck more? I know it's around the perimeter. And, you know, whenever we're not successful, I always tweet that Simpsons gif of the soccer team just passing the ball around. Yeah, that's perfect. That's all that the Predators really do. And, like, I understand you're you're trying to find a hole. I understand you're you're trying to get it on a certain guy's stick. But, look, just shoot the puck. Like, please put it on the pads. Like, keep the shots low. Look for a tip. Look, Ryan Johansson is pretty good at that. He is. I was about to say that, actually. Yeah, and not to mention, you know, I hate to say it, and fans don't like him right now, but but whenever Cole Smith gets a chance, doesn't he have to be on the power play? Cole Smith, he has great expected goals for. He has great shots on net, and he's honestly doing more things that don't come up on the stat sheet. You know, mm-hmm. honestly, one of those things being he hits. Another thing being he is very, very aware of the play around him where he needs to be. I mean, one thing that stands out to me is he has found himself with great scoring chances. Then early on in the season, Chad, I thought he'd have a couple of more goals. He, I don't think he has scored this season from oh, what yeah. I have seen. No. Um, I mean, this is a guy that should have about five to six goals, if you ask me, um, just based on his chances. I mean, it's been crazy to see. So, But, you know, he's no use so parson in with talent-wise, but he's working just as hard as everybody. But um, you know, on the power play this evening, the Predators are going to have to capitalize. If they don't get a lot of chances, that's fine. If you get two chances this evening, I expect you to get at least one goal tonight because if the Ducks are capable of killing penalties, which we know they're not, um, that's a problem for us because if we have, you know, if I'm John Hines and we have three power plays by the, by the, by the end of the first period and we have not scored, I'm shuffling some of those lines. That's awful. I'm going to be telling the guys in the locker room, this is not good. This is not good enough, and we're not going to win hockey games if we don't take advantage of teams, especially this bad one that we're playing right now. So I'll be curious to see what they do. Um, You know, Honestly, just taking a look at what they've done so far, yeah, I mean, like you said earlier, you know, they are 4-0-1 on that homestand. You know, they have the time off now. And you would think certainly they've been working on this power play most of the time. So um, I know that that's what they were working on yesterday a lot because they had a day off and didn't prep for a game necessarily. They worked more on the power play. So um, we'll see how successful they are. I do know that uh, it's going to be that top line probably with Yuso Parson and getting more chances on the first power play unit. Um, but like I said, shuffle it up if you don't have any more success because guys that have a minus 12 and a minus six. And I mean, basically anywhere around a 10 right now, because nobody on the ducks has a, has a positive plus minus right now. I know that that's, yeah, they're the, they're the, uh, they're the worst team in the league oh, yeah. in goal differential minus 36 by a long yeah. shot last time I checked. It's, so, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, there's no excuses for tonight's game. As far as if you execute your game plan and you don't make, self-inflicted critical errors that we've seen this team unfortunately do in the past, um, then the Ducks can beat you. I mean, they can. The Preds are not in a position. I said this in the last episode. The Preds are not in a position 
and really no team, a championship team should never think this way, but in, in from an outsider looking in here, there's certain teams that can get away with not playing their best, but they're just so talented and they're just so good that they can maybe play 75% and they're still going to beat a lot of teams. The Preds are not in that category whatsoever for me. They have to bring their 100% best game against every team in this league, even the Anaheim Ducks, to ensure a win. And that's what I'm really focused on tonight is, are they going to do that? Are they going to play 60 minutes? If they play 40 minutes, the Ducks might beat them. They might. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and here's the thing to keep you know in tabs as well. Do you know who the Preds are playing after tonight, Chad? Yes, I'm fully aware, and I'm not looking forward to it because it's the hottest team in the league. Well, and that's the biggest thing is a lot like the Titans, the Predators, you know, they lose to some bad teams, but then they've been able to beat some pretty really good teams. So I'm curious to see what they can do against the New Jersey Devils on Thursday. I know that they'll have practice here tomorrow, and then they'll head up there to New Jersey. But, you know, honestly, you know, I'm – Tonight is a practice, honestly. This is where you gauge yourself. And then Thursday is going to be more of a, okay, this needs to be treated like a huge game for us this season. Honestly, maybe even approach it like a playoff game where you need to give it your best because mm-hmm. you know it's not going to get any easier after they play them. Um, I know that yeah. they'll be on the road for three games and they're gone for a week. And you know that's obviously going to help the arena some too with recovery. Yeah. But the Predators, all in all, Chad, you know, tonight is a night. You got to get these two points. So, where the the Preds find themselves in after the, they're literally right at 500, nine, nine, and two, nine wins, nine Mm -hmm. losses, two, two draw or two uh, shootout losses. Um, So, they're, and they've had a lot of um, late game mishaps that have left points on the board, as we well know. Um, But the Preds find themselves in the position where, you can't trade wins and losses anymore. You can't no. win one game and then lose the next one, then win one game. No, you, you've got to get on a some sort of a winning streak here. And they kind of stop. I called it stop the bleeding. They stopped the bleeding with this little five-game point streak here. And they, you know, they did not play great against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Against no. a, they did not. And they were very fortunate to get a point out of that game. Definitely. Um, and, and But, yeah, it was a five-game point streak that they desperately needed, but it, it's not good enough to get back to the territory that they really need to be in here. And so this kind of – this tonight against the Ducks really is the first step of many steps they're going to have to take to get back into that territory that they need to be in. Uh, we're being joined by Nick Kieser of 102.5 The Game. Uh he does the midday show. Tell everyone how to follow your show and how to follow your work and all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate that. Um, so if you want to follow me, just go over to Twitter as long as it's alive still um, and go to at uh, <laughs> Keezer Nick. Um, that's my personal profile. And then if you want to follow us uh, at 1025 The Game on Twitter, that'll be good. Um, and yeah, at Predlines NSH. Um, yeah. you know, that's that's where you you can find my work and Chad's work and other <clears throat> writers work that we have on our staff. Uh, it's been a great journey so far and we have great, great guys and it's free. Please read our work. It's, it's free. free. And it's a, it's so, so we've talked about Predlines um, 
a lot on this show. And what uh, and, you know, we get comments every now and then on on Twitter about why don't you ask the coaches this? Why don't you? Well, so just to keep it in perspective here, uh, Predlines.com is a literally a fan contributor network. So it, they they are not paid writer. We it is a very small feed. Some of the writers do get paid. But it's, they, they are called contributors for a reason. They are not in the locker room. They are fans just like the people reading are fans. That's why it's called fansided.com. So a lot of the times the articles you're reading on Predlines are coming from the fans' perspective, speaking to the fans, for the fans. So um, sometimes we get questions about why aren't we – can we ask a coach this or can we ask a player that? Um, uh, so the writers don't actually have access to those types of questions. But uh, Nick does work for 102.5 The Game, the flagship station of the National Predators, and they do awesome work. And they do get to um, have that access to talk to the players and talk to the coaches and ask the good questions. So that's why you need to be following Nick Keezer and send him your questions and send him stuff you want him to cover and you want us to cover and, and all that. All right, so let's round out this segment with Nick on this. Kind of a tough question here. Who on this team, on this Predators team, we know that they're behind where they should be right now. They have not performed up to the level that we think they should be at. Who on this team is leaving a lot to be desired? And I'll get it started. I'll I'll be the first negative person here. And I'm going to go ahead and say Matt Duchesne, first and foremost. And I I know that's low-hanging fruit because there's a lot of – People who like to always go to him first. Um, But let me preface this by saying that I respect the player. I think he's an outstanding player. Uh, And he, the season he had for the Predators last year, I was one of his biggest cheerleaders. Like, I loved it. I loved seeing all these fans who who are Matt Duchesne haters um, eat crow on Matt Duchesne's success. But I have to call it like it is. He's not at the level he should be. And I think if he was being honest and I could ask him that question, he would agree that he wants to be at a different level personally. And I think he has it in him. I do. But he's not – the Predators absolutely need him to get closer to that level he was at last year. I'm not saying he has to be exactly at that level of an 80-plus point score necessarily, but he needs to ramp it up a little bit. So that's the first player I think of that – is leaving a lot to be desired for me is Matt Duchesne. That's fair. I'm, I'm, I mean, there's, there's nothing that doesn't warrant you believing that Matthew Shane needs to be playing better. Um, so far this season, we've got Matthew Shane sitting at a pretty five goals and 10 assists with a minus six um, and probably taking some more penalties than you would want him to, I would say. Um, and I'll make this quick cause it's not too hard for me to kind of run through this. Uh, I still am sitting on getting rid of Dante Fabro. I I have been saying this for a little bit. If I'm more of a fan than I used to be, I would be very high on Dante Fabro being traded or at least putting him through waivers, just trying to give him a spark because, you know, I played defense growing up and I always look at those guys first and just look at the goals against average for, for the Predators and Dante Fabro. You know, he's someone that we thought was going to be, you know, pretty damn good, honestly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I thought he played really well when he debuted with us against the Dallas Stars in the, in the playoffs. Now, given he's been with us more full time now, 
he's got to play better. He he's been playing with Lozon on the bottom pair most of the time this season. He's got to step it up, man. I'm I'm not happy with how he's playing. He's made some very big careless errors. So I want to see him play better. And another guy that was featured on behind the glass is Cody Glass. Um, mm-hmm. I really think Cody Glass he needs to step it up as well. And in what regard you may ask is I want to see him put the puck in the back of the net a little bit more. I want to see him creating some more chances. He he's brought some confidence this year that I have really enjoyed about his game so far this season is he's been confident, but I really need to see him own himself a little bit more. Um, That's, that's something that the predators are going to be more capable of doing as they move along this season. You know, I know Cody Glass has been a healthy scratch on some nights. You know, he's played in 12 games this year, um, but he's going to get back in there this evening. And if he's on that bottom line, which it sounds like he is, he needs to utilize that ice time to the best of his ability and continue to impress the coaching staff. Because if he does that and he shows us what he's capable of, that's awesome. And if he plays better, maybe that's a guy you throw on the power play, you know, I mean, he's had some looks, I believe, some this year on the power play. Um, But, you know, he's a guy that he needs those opportunities. He needs to be coached in a different way. Um, And, you know, that can take us down a rabbit hole with with coaching for sure. But, you know, Cody Glass is someone else that I think just – he's not playing how I I think he's capable of playing this season. So I've got – I agree with both of those. I totally do. uh, to address the Dante Fabro thing real quick. I've always been kind of a an apologist for Dante Fabro because he was thrown into the fire so young, playing on a line with uh, P.K. Subban. And uh, I always preached patience when it came to Dante Fabro. But I put him kind of in the same category as Ellie Tolvanen, where they are, you got to trade them while you still can. And even if the return is not that great, which it's not going to be for either one of those players. You still got to maximize what you can get out of them when they're still young. Mm -hmm. And there's a team out there, there's teams out there who would still take a flyer out on either one of these players because they're so young and they do have uh, the talent. I'm going to throw in one more player here to round out this segment with uh, Nick Keezer of 102.5 The Game to join us here on Catfish on Ice, episode 161. My player is a fan favorite. It's probably not going to be popular, but I have to say it. Tanner Janot. He was, I mean, he was in the Carter Trophy discussion. He was enforcing himself into that discussion last year. And, you know, the national pundits didn't want to talk about Tanner Janot because – you had uh, these dynamic rookies like uh, Lucas Raymond and others who were leading that charge. But Tanner Janot was very much in the Calder Trophy race last year for a, a good portion of last season. The dude's got four points in 20 games. So mm-hmm. he, he had 41 points as a rookie. And I, as, a, as an older rookie, he was a 25-year-old rookie, but he was still considered a rookie based on NHL rules. He was a rookie. And so I do think that we need to – I don't think that he's the main source of why the Predators are where they're at. I'm not going to go that far because Tanner Janot does so many other things on the ice that are so critical that I still think he's doing this season very well. 
But four points in 20 games is probably not going to get it done, uh, especially considering he was a 41-point scorer last year in 81 games. He's played all 20 games this year, so he's the ultimate Ironman. He doesn't miss games at all. He's just a tough-nosed player. But we got to start seeing him get involved a little bit more in the um, this offensive slump. It's a very it's it's a joint effort here. You can't put the spotlight on one player or even two players and say that's the reason why the Predators are struggling. It's a joint effort. Tanner Janot, if he can get closer to what he did last year when he put up 24 goals as a rookie, no one saw that coming. The Predators will show a lot of improvement just with him alone if he can ramp it up a little bit. Yeah, I think I think that is something that maybe people have not paid as close to attention to, Chad. So kudos to you for kind of pointing out someone that's played fairly well in the past. And, um, you know, one note I always go back to about the one game he missed. Uh, do you remember why he missed that game, Chad? I don't. Remind me. I believe it's it's his wife now, but his wife. Oh was, yeah, I do remember that. Is I, having their yeah, first baby. My memory, yeah. So yeah. I think they were he they were make it back playing. Time, yeah. They were playing the Kings, um, and he was about. I think he was either on the ice for warmups or about to go on. Yeah, no, he, I think he was on the ice for warmups. If I, I remember believe, correctly, I believe he was warned with enough time and took the three and a half hour flight and back to Nashville. And he made it. And back. made it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, I always. Just go back to that about him missing that one game. Um, and then one other excuse, no- I think we can excuse him for missing that game. Oh, 100 <laughs> Being there for the birth of your child outweighs a hockey game. But, yeah, yes. so he's he's literally played every game since the start of last season. As a yep. hockey player, these guys yeah. are warriors. They – and no player more than Tanner Janot takes a beating every game, and he's missed one game. And it was the one game that Nick just outlined. I'm glad yep, you brought that exactly. up. Exactly. And Phil Kessel uh, got credit for playing in a game because he was um, he was on the ice for warmups, got told about it, um, and then his wife ended up telling him, "No, you need to leave," because it was during the first period. But you know, he just had that fabulous Ironman streak ceremony. Uh, he's got the NHL record, and it's currently still active. But yeah, you don't want to miss stuff like that. Um, and then one number I got for you tonight, Chad, that we talked about prior to starting the show was um, I noted this, that Matthew Shane is one goal away from being the second member of his 2009 draft class to amass 300 goals. That's Let that pretty, sink in. Yeah, he's a guy awesome. that he, he's a guy that's going to be remembered forever, not just from that draft class, but among a lot of skaters that are, you know, not just typical skaters, you know, 300 goals does not come too easily uh, over the course of your career. So that is pretty cool. And Absolutely one other not. nugget I didn't share, uh, Matt, or I'm sorry, uh, Matthias Ekholm needs two more assists to get to 200. So we will see what that happens. That's courtesy of the game preview from tonight with the media members, but I figured I would drop that nugget. So prior. Now, that, now that you're bringing up historical stats for press players, I um, put this out almost a week ago. So, I mean, it's, it's still valid now because the Preds haven't played really since then. Sure. But um, Matt, stay on the Matt Duchesne topic here. Matt Duchesne is the active leader in NHL career points for the Preds right now with 703. Obviously he hasn't put all those points up with the Preds. 156 Mm -hmm. of those points 
um, are with the Preds. But 703 points is his NHL career total there. He is 247th in NHL history for points and has a chance, a very strong chance, to push into the top 200 all time if he can even come close to replicating what he did last season. If not, he will definitely get into the top 200 um, next season. And yeah. a lot of the players that are ahead of him are retired players. So mm-hmm. looking at the list, he will definitely finish his career in the top 200 in uh, all-time points, which I know 200 players, that sounds like a lot of players. That's actually pretty damn impressive it, to, to say you finish in the top 200 as long as the NHL has been around. Um, so – like I said, I think there's some something to be desired from him more, and that's more out of respect for him and his abilities. I know he can do it, but it's some pretty cool uh, historical stats there from Matt Duchesne. Oh, absolutely. So, um, But also, still no goalie update for who's starting for the Ducks tonight. I mean, either way, they're not great, just to let people know. But uh, nothing still yet. Uh, I would still anticipate John Gibson taking the yeah. pipes this evening. Uh, Nick, it's been awesome, man. I'm sorry I mispronounced your last name. To put it's all second. good, but you know what? It was all up. It was all uphill from there because we had yeah. a great segment. Talked some good Preds hockey as we're getting ready for them to get back on the ice. It feels like it's been an eternity. Mm-hmm. We are about to. If you're listening to the show right now on the podcast audio version, we are about to do some live instant game reaction to the Preds versus the Ducks. So stay tuned for that, Nick. I really appreciate it. And go follow all of his work on 102.5 The Game. And also, he writes as a contributor for Predlines.com. Nick, I'll chat with you later, and you will be back on the show very soon. Whenever you want to come back on, just let us know, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me, Chad. And we'll see what these Preds can do here in the next week or so. Absolutely. All right, everybody, stay tuned. We're about to give you some live instant game reaction of the Preds versus the Ducks here on Catfish on Ice, episode 161. What's going on, everybody? This is Catfish on Ice, episode 161, with your two hosts, Chad Minton and Kyle Perkins. We are down a man tonight. Our buddy Rich Howe is uh, fighting that nasty flu bug that's going around. So uh, we are down a man. We hope our buddy Rich is doing well. So if you get you're stuck with the two of us tonight. You're stuck with Chad and Kyle tonight. Uh, Kyle, how are you doing, man? Not too bad. Uh, that flu bug is wicked. It's it's about took over my house. Out of out of six in the household, five have it, and I'm the I'm the lucky number six at the moment. So hopefully uh. I can I can stay away from it and not have to enjoy that little good time. Well, you know, just like – so we're coming in live on the Preds game right now. They're playing the Ducks. We're in the third period. There's a little over 13 minutes left. And just like the Preds are clinging on to this 1-0 lead, uh, Kyle, we need you to cling on right now and make it through this episode. We'll do our best. All right, man. Uh, we're going to continue to give you live game reaction uh, as the Preds are back in action. They had this random six-day break that they got thanks to this – Flooding of Bridgestone Arena, one of the craziest, wackiest stories you'll ever see in sports. Um, but I've been saying all week, maybe it's a blessing in disguise. 
that the Preds could push the reset button. Um, have you, uh, Kyle? What are you seeing in this game tonight so far? Like the Preds are leading one zero. They could easily be a be up by three goals right now. They're getting goalied. I feel like in for the second game in a row. I agree. Uh, Gibson's played really well. Uh, nobody ever said he was a bad goalie. He's just on a bad team. Um, they've they've done a lot of things really well. Uh, just you can tell there's a little bit of rust, but they've been able to pressure well. And like you said, they're getting goalie. They've got. I remember seeing when seeing 33 shots on goal was a high number for an end of the game number, much less midway through the third. Yeah. And then according to according to natural stat trick, the Preds are leading high danger chances fifteen to eight right now. That's a pretty big number for this Preds team. It is. Uh, and, it, I mean, and we're not even halfway through the third period yet. Fifteen high danger chances is a welcoming sight for this Preds team. So you can't just be focused on the one goal. It is um, a little unfortunate that they just have one goal to show for it. But um, tip your cap to John Gibson. He's a professional. He's a former Vesna um, yep. contending goaltender. And just because he plays for a bad team just doesn't mean he can't turn in performances like this. But on the flip side, even though he hasn't faced as many shots, UC Soros has also came up clutch tonight. UC Soros, he's not going to get a lot of, I'd say, credit for this save. But the save he made on that uh, the Zegers attempt earlier in the game that was yeah. amazing that mm-hmm. was just awesome um, yeah i'm i'm really afraid to jinx him right now the whole proverbial don't jinx the goalie thing here but um he has been in the right position all night his positioning has been very very He's, sound mm-hmm and um, he's locked in. I mean, he hasn't shown really any rust. And and even though he hasn't found, he hasn't faced the large uh, barrage of shots. Um, the quality of the saves that he has had to make tonight has been really, really good from Soros. Who was it that just missed that? Uh... It was, yeah, I thought that was a goal, man. Right was out right when I was in the middle of that whole little statement I was making there. I thought the Preds were going to go up two nothing. I don't know who it was, but I feel so, – it was uh, McDonough. I need a I need a slow-mo replay of that because um, that had to be razor thin from being a goal. Yeah, because he was right there on it. He hit the inside of the pipe and it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, things have definitely opened up a little bit more in this third period for both teams. You know, the Preds have put the clamps down on the Ducks for a, a big portion of this game. Um, but the Ducks are starting to get some of their chances. McDonough hits the right post. So he he had he had Gibson beat there and just hit the post, man. It happens. Yep. It's so, it's been one of those games they've been goalied and they've just oh man, it was so close for McDonough. And Let's let's we'll go into speaking of Ryan McDonough. How much better does he look paired with Roman Yossi? Oh, it's it's. I think those two together make together, a yeah. great pairing. Yeah, yeah. Keep them together. Keep them together for the long haul. If you ask me, I think they're perfect together. Um, there's still other problems you got to address here that we can get into a little bit later. Um, uh, with Dante Fabro and what's going to happen with him. 
But, uh, you know, eventually you got to think that Mark Borowiecki is going to come back into the picture here. But, um, yeah, I like it. Yossi and McDonough keep them together. Um, there have been some moments tonight where the defense got exposed and Soros had to bail them out. Who was it that, uh, that whiffed early? I think it was in the first period. They're right along the board. All of a sudden, Anaheim's coming up with the puck. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'd have to go back our, and see a replay. It happened pretty fast. I, I don't remember seeing the replay. I, I think I know the play you're talking about. There's been a couple moments in this game where Soros really, like I was worried it was going to be a goal and Soros had to make the make the really good save that we know he's capable of doing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we say the Preds are kind of getting goalied. The same argument could be made for uh, the Ducks because they've, yeah, for the, sure. The chances they haven't had a lot of chances, like you said, but the ones they've had, who they really should have been goals. Yeah, the possession games being dominated by the Preds. Uh, your Corsi is sixty-one for the Preds, thirty-eight for the Ducks. Total scoring chances are thirty-seven to twenty in favor of the Preds. This is all from Natural Stat Trick, and then as I said earlier, the Ducks just added a high danger chance, but they're still being outpaced in that category 15 to 9. So your expected goals for are a 3.13 for the Preds and a 1.75 for the Ducks. So um, not an incredibly high-scoring offensive showing from either team tonight, but clearly John Gibson has over a plus-two advantage in expected goals against, uh, saves above expected, I should say. So I mean that is an astronomical number for John Gibson. I mean he's he's keep he's literally keeping his team in this game. Oh, he's willing them into being competitive. And what do you know? Right on cue, we got to stop doing these watch alongs, Kyle. Um, the Ducks tie the game at one. Wow, I'm you, very you, far behind you. I'm sorry to spoil that for you, man. Um, oh wow. Yeah, I'm sorry, you, UC, but you should have had that one. You felt it coming, though, man. You you really did. I mean, it's so hard to get a shutout in today's NHL, even against the Ducks. And, yep, you're absolutely right, Kyle. That's one Soros should have. He misplayed it, man. He he went for the for the glove glove hand save. He tried to snare it, and it he miss he miss he misplayed it. And it Did went it right. come out of his glove? No, it trickled past him. Oh, he got he a piece of the. It. Yeah, he got a piece of the puck. He should have, and it wasn't the hardest shot you've ever seen either. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like that was not hard or particularly well. That's one of the rare times you see Soros give up a goal he should have. So, just when we were talking about not jinxing the goalie, um, yeah. that's what ends up happening. But um, good night, again, everybody. <laughs> yeah, right. We're gonna sign off on Catfish. <laughs> but I mean, like I said, it is so incredibly difficult to shut out any team in this league. I mean, you just don't see sh- see shutouts very often anymore. So no, no, the scoring in the entirety of the league is up so high this year; it's crazy. And so, unfortunately, we're in store for another one of those games where if the Preds can't figure out a way to get this win, what are, what are you going to say in the post-game press conferences here if you're John Hines? Are you going to say, oh, we played a great game and we're just taking that L home again tonight? I mean, 
I mean, clearly when you look at the analytics, yes, the Preds have been the more dominant team. But in the end, it matters what is the final score here. And once again, you see the Predators in serious danger of not coming away with two points against a team that you should absolutely get two points against. Absolutely. This should be a gimme game. It's almost like the Arizona games. It's You should – this is a game you should win. And – I mean, it's getting down there to the end of the game, boys. Yep. The, uh, turn it on a little bit. Before we went on live, I do want to throw a lot of um, love to the goal the Preds did score tonight because it was one of those really hardworking goals, and it's a new term I have. And I'm not even create the term, but I've always loved this terminology when people say it, and it's so perfect for how the Preds score. It was a greasy goal. And for anyone who's ever wa- watched uh, Trailer Park Boys uh, – He's a greasy goal. That's how the Preds score their goals these days. We are going to try to do a collaboration with um, Fang Fingers and So Nashville. They did a shirt for us back in the day when we first started our podcast. And we're going to try to collab with them again and come up with a Catfish and Ice t-shirt with greasy goals on the t-shirt. Because that's how this team has to score their goals. And that Colton Sissons goal in the second period was a greasy goal. It absolutely was. Uh, that setup on it was just now nasty. That was pretty. Too. That was Chef's kiss. That was Chef's. That kiss. was that was top tier right there. It was. It was. Um, from Matt getting Duchesne. down into the paint and forcing it like that—that's that's the definition of a greasy goal. Was right yeah, up in I the mean, goalie's face. Yes. And that's the way you have to beat John Gibson tonight. Apparently, uh, Sissons was attacking the net he was driving the net after he scores the goal he sacrifices his body by slamming into the backboards there those are the types of goals that the preds generally hang their hats on so let's see if they got another one in them here let's see if the if the hockey gods reward them for all their hard work tonight and all of their misfortune that they've had Lately, if you go back to the Detroit game that was six days ago, the last time this team played, they got shut out 3 nothing. But all you heard from the coaches and from the players, and I can agree, they played a pretty good game and got goalied by Huso. Yeah. Um, thinking back to that game, there was a lot of extremely good chances by the Preds. They just could not get one to go. They they. Huso looked amazing. Detroit's scary. Give them two years, and they are an absolute terror well, on I the mean, team. When the St. Louis Blues lost Huso over the offseason, I remember thinking that's one of the biggest losses for a team during this whole offseason. Yeah, because, because you know, they, they, they had a, they had a, Bennington. So. Yeah, they had a two-pronged attack last year in net. They had – because Huso came on came on big for them late last season because Bennington had a really subpar season last year. And so then they end up having to lose Huso because you can't pay two goalies. So no one's Not- really no one's really faulting the Blues for having to lose him. But he man, he he's he's a big difference maker for that Red Wings team that's on the up and coming. I will not be surprised at all if the Red Wings make the playoffs this year and they make some noise. 
I'm not saying they're a cup team necessarily, but they're they're a playoff team, and that's a team you probably don't want to play in the first round. Oh, absolutely, because they they 100% could jump up and surprise somebody. Yeah. They, you've got Huso, then you've got Nadelkovic, so they've got two good goalies. Um, just so much young talent on that team that if they all get to hitting, mm-hmm. they're a problem. And, uh, you know, um, I've always been a big fan of Dylan Larkin, who's who is he's, such a solid player. And he just, came, he, he started coming up when they were still in the depths of a rebuild. And so he's kind of become more of the veteran core of that team now, even though he's still a pretty young player in his own right. But yeah, that was just a product of running into a hot goalie. The Preds did play a pretty good game, and their five-game point streak came to an end. So you come into tonight's game with a six-day break, and you're playing a really bad team here. And you, on the NHL schedule, you don't very, you very rarely get a game where you feel like you know what, this needs to be a shoe in for two points. I didn't even necessarily feel that way against the Coyotes, but this game tonight against the Ducks. There's no excuses here. I don't. I know they're playing well, and they're all the analytics say they're dominating the game here tonight. But there's no excuses tonight. You got to figure out a way to get two points out of this game tonight. So we are under the six minute mark here in the third period. It's a 1-1 game. The Ducks have really ramped up the offensive intensity in this period. And the Preds look a little flat-footed right now. Not going to lie, they do. So Preds got some got some work to do here. Um and that the Ducks are a scrappy team. Like I mean, they got nothing to lose. They're playing with house money here. No one expects anything out of them. They're young. They got the dynamic Trevor Zegras. Um, who just completely shakes fear into me every time he gets loose. Oh, if he's on a breakaway, it's terrifying because <laughs> yeah, he's so, going to do something yeah, ridiculous. It's so terrifying. You're right. Um, but they've got other good players on this team. They've got a couple of veterans, savvy veterans. Like, So you've got to watch out for this team. And when you get down in the last moments of, the, of games like this and it's a 1-1 game and you give a team life, which is what you've done here against the Ducks. Yep. You just had an odd man rush just now, and luckily Saros makes the save, but the Ducks are pushing the pace right now and at the worst possible time in a game here. You had a three-on-two breakaway break in here. Saros makes the save. I mean, it's the, the momentum is completely flipped to the Ducks, and at this point you're kind of hoping we can just make it to overtime, which is unfortunate to say, but I feel like this is a – really bad rerun of this whole entire season that the Preds have been through so far as we're at the quarter mark of the season already. Yep. Uh, you've got to, you've got to close it out. That's they've had so much of an issue this season with closing games out. They, how many times did they lose multi-goal leads earlier? I mean, that, that blue jackets game is going to be stuck in my nightmares forever. Against a team that you have historically just owned. And has proven to not be a very good team this year. The Blue Jackets are down there as one of the... They are not good. Yeah. Ton of injuries, not good. 
The uh, updated money puck stats here after the Ducks sky score that tying goal is still being dominated by the Preds. A 3.62 to 2.21 expected goals favoring the Preds. But that's not what wins games. Expected goals does not is not what wins games. It's the actual goals that are scored. Um, Matt Duchesne leads all Preds players in expected goals right now. Um, followed by Yakov Trenin. Welcome back to the lineup, Yakov Trenin. Happy to see you back, man. Um, and then uh, I don't even see Philip Forsberg. Philip Forsberg is almost not even showing up on this list. He is so far down there, you can barely see his name. Yeah, he hasn't. Phil hasn't looked himself this game. No, I have um, not seen him hardly at all. He had one. He had one moment in the first period where he broke loose and created an offensive scoring chance. But other than that, he has been completely held out of this game. Yeah. Um, how's Parsonen look on those numbers? Uh, Parsonen's fourth on the team in expected goals. I mean, again, you're talking about a game that where there's not a lot of offense for either team, but he's fourth on the team according to Money Puck. So he's still very much you – know, he's among the leaders that are generating offense, you know, and he's a freaking – he's a rookie for crying out loud, and he's still – you know, one of the big offensive drivers of this team that is absolutely struggling right now. And I'm about to – these are all numbers that um, were heading into the Anaheim game tonight. Look at these numbers. I got them at the bottom of the screen there, Kyle. 27th in power play, 29th in goals per game, 24th in shots per game entering tonight's matchup with the Ducks. Well, they've, they've done the job on the shots. They, they they've have. put more right. shots on net. But – Sure. I mean, and Soros is under under fire, and the Ducks are have very meticulously narrowed this um, shot gap here, this shot margin. Um, Preds are sporting those reverse retros again tonight. I like them the more and more I see them. I do. Th- they've kind of grown on me. I still don't like them oh. as much as the OG reverse retros. I think you might see this replay coming up here soon, but uh, Granlin just slapped a puck out of midair that was right in an area where Soros might get beat. Oh, nice, Granny! Like baseball style, just slapped that out of the, out of trouble. So, good stuff from uh, Granlin there. To I feel like if this is a boxing match, I feel like we're on the ropes right now, and the Ducks are just like pounding away on us, and we're just trying to get to the bell. And this happens in a hockey game. I mean, a hockey game is it, it comes at you in waves. But what have we been what have we been pounding about lately? Preds cannot figure out a way to put out a sixty minute game. They just can't do it. They can put together a fifty minute game. Yep. They can even they can even put together a fifty five minute game. But this team has really struggled to put together a full, complete three periods. And there's. It, it it's not any one point in time where it seems like they have these issues. Uh, I know there for the longest time it was always, oh God, here's the second period. They're going to fall mm-hmm. apart. Yeah. This season, it's just, you don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Well, and for the longest time it was, um, it was the penalty kill. That was the big, big issue last year was, Oh yeah, the PK the, was the, t- the, the team awful. couldn't say that was their biggest uh, flaw last year. This it was losing them so many games was 
you know, they play with this edge to them. And so they were going to the penalty box a ton and they were just get roasted on the penalty kill. That's not the case this year. They've actually got a really solid penalty kill. So Which just, it looks like they're on the PK right now. It does look like that, unfortunately. The Ducks haven't even had a power play tonight. The Preds have completely stayed out of the penalty box. Which I is, mean, we um, got to give them credit for that. As many as they normally take, we need to give them credit for not absolutely. Box. And I need someone. I don't have time to look it up right now. I, I wish I would have done my research before I and thought about this. When's the last time the Preds made it through a regulation game without taking a penalty? Like, I need someone to jump on that, like pronto, and figure that out. That that might take wow, you see sorrows. Yeah, I was gonna say that might take some a little bit of extra legwork for someone to figure that out. But I would venture to say it's been quite a long time since the Preds made it through an entire regulation game without committing a single penalty. So. I don't know how I feel about it if this game goes overtime. I mean, I don't feel great about it, obviously, but when you put up one goal and you get goalied once again for the second straight game, you kind of got to just – you kind of just got to, like, be thankful you're getting something out of this game, I guess. I mean, I don't feel great about it either, but whew. We got to get through the next 49 seconds here and make sure we get at least a point. I know that's really sad to say against the league's worst team by far. I don't even think it's close. The Ducks are the worst team in the league. But you're clawing for points any way you can get it right now. I mean, this team is literally at 500. Nine wins, nine losses, two shootout losses. They're on pace to score 82 points on the season, which you don't have to be a math wizard to think that that's not going to get you into the playoffs this year. No. 82 points. Well, you won't even come close to making the playoffs if you finish at this same pace. So in the second quarter of the season, which starts tonight against the Ducks, this Ducks team right now, you got to kick it up a gear. And they've played a good game. They've had plenty of scoring chances. But, again, it comes down to results. It does look like we're going to at least get this to overtime. One-to-one, we've got ourselves a classic goalie duel going on here. Between two Vesna-worthy goaltenders, for sure. Not so much this season, but in their careers and yeah. their caliber. They are Vesna-worthy goaltenders. So, And, and Soros has looked so much better since the beginning. Oh yeah, um, he's been fine. Yeah, he he went through a rough stretch there, and he historically he starts off slow. But you're looking at this goalie battle going on right now between Soros and John Gibson, and Soros has 33 saves now on 34 shots faced. The Ducks really ramped up the pressure on Soros in that period, and he does give up the one softy, and unfortunately, these guys are human, and they're going to make. They're gonna make some bad. They're gonna they're gonna give up some shots like that every now and then. No one no one's yep. perfect here, but uh, Soros gives up. He's still got thirty three saves on thirty four shots, whereas John Gibson has thirty seven saves on thirty eight shots. So a very close goaltender duel going on here, and we are heading to overtime. These watch-alongs, they, they always have plenty of drama, don't they? I think we've had overtime on almost every one we've done. 
And it feels that way, man. And and they're we never have an easy game where the Preds just cruise to victory when we do these live watch alongs. It never works out that way. No, it's always, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think we're going to be banned from doing watch-alongs. Probably me. By, the, by the, the the literal, like David Poyle is going to get my personal phone number and he's going to call me and he's going to offer me a sum of money to never do a watch-along again on Catfish. He's going, to, he's, going to say, he's going to say, hey, he's going to say, hey, Chad, what's it going to take for you to never do a watch-along ever again on Catfish on Ice? And everyone has a price, but I don't know what Poyle is going to offer me on that. Um... An identity tree? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> he, he's got to offer me something good, though, because I, I do enjoy doing these. They're fun, but, God, they can be stressful. <laughs> like you say, can we just have one that's like, oh, we're winning by, like, seven, like a touchdown on somebody? That would be so nice instead just, of we're not allowed to have We're not allowed to have easy games as Preds fans. It's just not allowed. Here we go. Overtime is underway here, everybody. This is episode 161 of Catfish on Ice as we are doing live game reaction of the Preds and the Ducks. They are in overtime, tied 1-1. Earlier in this episode, we had Nick Keezer of 102.5 The Game, producer. He produces the Midday Show with Willie Donick and Chase McCabe. He is outstanding. He joined us at the beginning of this episode to talk about this matchup, talk about what the Preds got to do to flip a switch and flip it to another gear. It was a great conversation with Nick. So be That's sure to nice check guy. Be sure to check that out if you're watching live right now. Download the podcast, the full episode tomorrow on all podcast platforms. It will be available there. We'll also upload it to the YouTube channel tomorrow, so you'll be able to check out that full interview. Uh, we are presented by DraftKings, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Please send your best wishes to our co-host and good buddy, Rich Howe, who's battling that nasty flu bug that's going around. We hope to get him back soon. We miss our buddy, Rich, and hope he starts feeling better. It's a rough go, boys. It's a rough go. Kyle, tell everyone about the new community we got for Catfish on Ice. So we started uh, – and this this came from uh, Justin that's in our um, – fantasy league with us um me and him use discord a lot and uh for other stuff and we got to talking about how it would be nice to have our own little community on there where we can have all these different chat threads and if um what a save um sorry um um we can have all these different chat threads on there and if people want to get together and have their own watch alongs and maybe some of us might be able to drop in sometimes during the games. There's voice channels uh, there for you can have voice chats, or we yeah. if there's interest, we can set it up where people can have video chats there yeah. as well. It's just a place where you can come and talk about whatever. It doesn't have to be hockey. It's just a community for people that like hockey, like the Preds. I mean, we have – people that are stars fans and flames fans and everything else on there it's just a speaking little of which, hangout speaking of which got some good comments rolling in here because we do the live comments during our streams here 
Justin Gambino's in. He says, three on three when they have Zegers and Troy Terry, et cetera. I feel like overtime is in the Ducks' favor with the young stars. Yeah, I agree. Three on three scares me against this young Ducks team. It really does. Mike Twitter jumps in and says, even when we're up 3-1, we either lose or win 4-3. He's not wrong. (laughs) Yeah, so um, lots going on here. Also, Mike Twitter sends some good vibes to Rich. He says, yo, Rich, with the fist fist bump there. Yes, Rich, get better, man. We hope you – we can't wait to have you back on the show. So, yeah, we got some good comments rolling in here. Thanks, Justin and Mike Twitter, for hopping in and having a good conversation on our YouTube channel right now. Mike, you need to come to the Discord and talk to us. Yes. We're up to 40 shots on goal now for the Preds in this game. Gibson just made a couple really difficult saves. One was on Granlin on a tip shot. Yossi had a really good open and shot. that was just a post. Forsberg hits the crossbar there uh, that went above Gibson. I can't tell if he got a maybe a s- slight piece of that puck. I'm not sure, but he was still in great position. Gibson is a, such a large goaltender. He takes up so much space. Him and uh, Pekka came in around the same time, yes. and they were sort of the, the beginning of that uh, – very large goaltender. And, you know, it's it's so rare to see such an elite goaltender on such a bad team, you know? It really is. Most of the time they'll end up traded. Exactly. Uh, but Gibson's – he's kind of kind of like Pekka was with Nashville. That was – he was kind of face of the franchise. Yeah. And I, I don't have my dislike for the uh, Ducks like I used to because they don't have all the – oh, we got we to gotta break away here. We got to break away. Oh, Gibson makes another save. Oh, Kyle, you're going to really shake your head on this one. We're just talking about John Gibson, and looks, look what he does. Completely, oh, completely no. robs Philip Forsberg on a backhand. That was the equivalent of a shootout goal, like – Oh, we got, oh, it's over. Give me a bang. Somebody give me a bang. We got some bangs. Mike Twitter jumps in with the bang. Justin Gambino jumps in with a bang. And Yost is the one that gets it. Awesome. That's great. Roman, I mean, and did you see John Gibson diving across the crease like he the, was Superman? The setup on that was so good. That I mean, is how you have to beat a goaltender goaltender that's locked in like John Gibson was tonight. That's the only way you beat a goaltender like that. You have to go completely cross ice and get them so far out of position that they can't oh get my. back. I'm so glad that did not have to go to a shootout because I hate shootouts. It's not pretty. Who cares? It's two points. They don't ask how, they ask how many. And can we give a big shout-out to everyone involved, whether it's volunteers, Bridgestone Arena staff, all those hardworking people who got out there and somehow miraculously got this flooded arena ready for this game to get this moment where the Preds get a win in front of the home crowd. Just awesome all the way around. That was that was a feat in itself that they play, that they're even playing a game there today. <laughs> I got a great comment here from AJ Evans. 
You get points and the Predators get points. Eat it plumbing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like that, AJ. Good stuff there. I love that. That's great. Nikki jumps in and says, my sexy captain, yes. Laugh out loud. (laughs) Well, I mean, from what I understand, Roman Yossi is a very handsome individual. From what I've been uh, told. So Nikki's on point there. I think her, I think her uh, analysis on Roman Yossi, our captain, is spot on. So what a win. Thanks for all the comments, everybody. That was fun. Okay, I think David Poyle is going to allow us to continue doing watch-alongs yes, after that. Yes, we, we, we have been unbanned. He was, he was getting ready to call me. I think he was getting ready to push the call button. But he stepped away from the phone and decided, you know what? Catfish on ice lives to see another day. He had the band hammer ready. He was ready. Great win for the guys. I don't care which team it was against. You get two points. The captain gets the game winner. This team dug deep to get the two points. It doesn't have to be pretty. You just need the points right now. And that's mm-hmm. what they did. And you know what? You ha- Sometimes you have to overcome an, an outstanding goaltender performance. You tip your cap. To John Gibson, respect goes both ways. Soros had a great game. Gibson had a great game. I'm sure those two would love to go have a beer with each other after this game and both give respect to each other because both goaltenders traded outstanding saves with each other. But the boys in gold get it done in the reverse retros. Awesome game. Mm -hmm. So that moves the Predators above 500. They're 10, 9, and 2 on the season now. Updated standings. They are now tied in a three way tie with the St. Louis Blues and the Minnesota Wild with 22 points. Really? Uh, Minnesota? Sorry, I didn't think Minnesota was down that far. I thought they'd yeah. been better. They, uh, well, they, they started off the season really, really oh, bad. Yeah, that's right. Because and then they figured it out. They've kind of been up and down. They're they're very they're on a very similar track to the Predators. Like Preds and Minnesota Wild fans, they can break bread together right now because we're both extremely frustrated by how our teams are playing right now and think they should be playing better. But you can honestly say that about the St. Louis Blues as well. You're you're, t- you're we're in a three way tie with two other teams where their fan base their fan bases are probably just as disappointed as we are in where our teams are at right now. Oh, I guarantee it's, they are. It's a weird division, man. It's a really really strange division. And you've got the Dallas Stars who are really threatening to just pull away from the field right now. They are up to thirty points. They do have three games in hand over the Winnipeg Jets, who are in second place, and they've got four games in hand over the third-place Colorado Avalanche. So it's a little misleading. But the Dallas Stars are in first place right now, which I don't think that should surprise anyone too much. We knew they had it in them. But, wow. It's going to be – it's always a crazy division. It, It never ceases to amaze us. I just wouldn't have – I would have never put money on the Stars. <laughs> good. I just, that one came out of left field. I think yeah. that got everybody. Look, we got some more comments here. Mike Twitter is going to be at the Devils game as the 
to see the Preds. So um, Ooh, I don't know that I would go to that one. Well, he, he's <laughs> from that area. And um, so, he Oh yeah, to, he is. He, I forget. He gets to see the Preds in action. So we hope you have a awesome time at the game. Lindsay, our friend Lindsay jumps in and says, yay, the Preds win. Now the flames turn. I think the last time I saw it, the flames were <laughs> doing pretty good against the Panthers and Matthew DeChuck's um, return to Calgary. Kyle, did you see the really awesome reception that the Flames fan fans gave Matthew DeChuck? It was very classy, and I, I, I can respect that. I did not. I need to look that up. Um, yeah, it was And I'm glad cool. to hear that because, you know, it, it, he's doing what's right for his career, so. You know, you hockey is one of those sports where the fans are passionate and you get a lot of – Whenever players return, you get a lot of boo birds, and it's just part of the game. And you never know how a player is going to be received. But I thought it was a really cool uh, video that I saw where the the Flames fans gave him a really warm welcome back, and then they proceeded to be up four to two right now on the Panthers. They were originally up three nothing. That game's a high scoring game. It's only in the second intermission, and it's a four two game. Uh, Flames are leading the Panthers. That's a pretty fun little matchup there. Uh, former Pred Nick Cousins has a goal in that game for the Panthers. Really? I totally forgot Nick Cousins was on that team. <laughs> I'll be totally honest. I had no idea where Nick Cousins ended up. I, I, could, I couldn't remember that either myself. <laughs> but uh, let's uh, – Matthew DeChuck, who's on my fantasy team, by the way. Um, Speaking of fantasy teams, we're playing has, each other this week. Oh, we are. Ooh, a battle mm-hmm. of – I think you're in second place right now too. So I got to slay the drag. I got to slay the champ here. I got to Man, I, I swear I don't know how either. <laughs> yeah, Matthew DeChuck's been held off the score sheet in his return to Calgary so far tonight, but he's got a whole other period to go. And I saved my receipts. Remember, I my bold prediction was that Matthew DeChuck would win the Hart Trophy. Not saying he's going to do it, but I still don't feel too bad about that prediction because he's having a pretty outstanding start to his Panthers career. He's got 29 points in 20 games, so just saying. Just going to throw that out there, a little plug, a little shameless plug from me there. He's not going to win it, but I still feel really good about that. So um, I didn't get to watch it because of the Preds game, but the Admirals also beat the Texas Stars tonight. Nice. I'm trying to – Dude, that team's a fire. I know you follow them way closer than I do. Um, they're 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 playing about as everyone expected, right? They're having a they're 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 looking really good right now. They are looking pretty dang good. I mean, they, you can tell a difference uh, from when they lost Parson and Jankowski. They are are not as good as they were, uh, definitely, but they are still still excellent. Uh, you had goals scored, uh, Marcus Nermy. Had two, and Kiefer Sherwood had one. Uh, Nermy's been pretty good. I mean, Nermy came. Nermy jumped onto the radar in the development camp. Well, he was Parsonen's line mate in yeah. Finland. So, keep an eye on Nermy in the future. Like, I mean, because he's he's going places. He's a really good player. This prospect pool just gets you going, man. It makes you so excited for the future. So, um, yeah. And and then what about our boy Yaroslav Askarov? How's he doing, man? Uh, he is he has a nine and three record, uh, two point six seven goals against and a nine oh seven save average. Uh, 
he's still super, super young. So well, I'm not And, and that's kind of what I was about to say. For a rookie AHL goaltender who's never played in North America and how young he is, those are very respectful num- respectable numbers. And they'll get better as he develops. But those aren't really numbers to scoff at. I can live with those. Uh, I can't I can't complain either. Um, he's had one, two – he's had a couple of games where he was pretty rough. Um, like he had a 783 save percentage game, so that's really knocked him a lot. Um, but he's he's been decent. Uh, once again, not really concerned with his his progress so far. He's looking a lot better. Uh, really like how his footwork has changed. And he's just got to get used to the American-style game. It is a whole lot different than the Russian-style game, and the ice size is different. Uh, I think that really has an effect on goalies um, because you've got people coming in so close and the angles are going to be different for you and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not concerned with him. I think he'll be fine. Uh, I think he might not jump up as quick as a lot of people were thinking, but that's probably a good thing as well. Yeah. Uh, He also – Yeah, go ahead. The opposing goalie for Dallas tonight was Anton Hudobin. Oh, wow. so, I didn't. I had no idea he was playing on the NHL yes. level for them. Wow. Yeah, Dobby was the the other goalie tonight. Speaking of goalies, going back to this matchup we just watched, where the Preds win in overtime two to one, and it you know it wasn't for a lack of shots. Like I said, we've talked about this a ton here. It was a goalie battle between UC Saros and John Gibson. It was truly fun to watch those two goaltenders go back and forth and trade saves with each other. Um, according to moneypuck.com, John Gibson finishes with a 2.11 goals saved above expected. That is a crazy, massive number. That means for anyone who doesn't really follow the analytics and they're not into it, basically what that is saying is John Gibson saved over two extra goals that he yeah, robbed man. the Predators. As in, they should have scored two more goals. According to Money Puck and their analytics. UC Soros, not to be outdone, right behind Gibson, also had a very impressive number, a 1.69 goal saved above expected. So you had two goaltenders who went to battle. You had two teams who had plenty of chances to score more goals, and this game ends in a 2-1 to one final score in overtime. It was a fun game. I it was. Thoroughly, it started off a little boring in that first period. It it was a little boring, but the game really picked up in intensity and excitement in that second, third period, and definitely in overtime. was definitely nerve-wracking, uh, but it's always fun when you come out on the winning side of it. I, I agree. It was a well-played game by both teams, I thought. Um uh, yeah, and I mean, in respect to the Anaheim Ducks for not packing it in, I mean, they could easily be one of those teams where, you know what, they're they're going to pack it in and they're going to say, you know what, we're, we're tanking for uh, who's uh, Connor Bedard, uh, the projected number one overall pick, you know. It's going to be one of the better prospects they're saying that's been around for a long time. But I didn't see any tanking tonight from the Ducks. That team brought no, it. No, that team was doing all they could to win that game. Yes, and I, and I respect that. I really do. So I never thought I would say that about an Anaheim Ducks team. But you know what? They don't have 
uh, Kessler on that team anymore. They don't have Corey Perry on that team anymore. They don't have Getzlav on that team anymore. So you know what? I can actually say nice things about the Ducks now because they don't have those guys on the team anymore. Yeah, until until we have a bad, nasty series with them again, I'm all right with them. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we're about to talk about our hottest and coldest teams in the NHL right now. But before we do that – Going to plug DraftKings real quick for you because we are presented by DraftKings. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. So while your game is going on, you can find different bets you want to place Get them all together in a parlay and get even bigger payouts. It's really fun to do that. That's kind of what I like to do. I let the game play out a little bit. I wait till the second period. I try to find trends, and you can start betting on things like how many goals you think will be scored, who will win, and more for a shot at an even bigger payout. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes below the episode for details. If you need any gambling assistance, gambling help, there are phone numbers you can call. There are people you can reach out to so you can get the help you need with that. New users only, DraftKings Sportsbook, promo code THPN. All right, Kyle, let's... Let's talk about the team that everyone knows about. That's the hottest team in the NHL. I cannot figure out how in the hell this team is so good. But the New Jersey Devils, quite perfectly speaking, the next team on the Preds schedule. I mean, they're the hottest team in the NHL, and I don't even—I didn't see them coming from a mile away. I don't think anybody did. No, uh, absolutely, don't think anybody would have thought that at all. Yeah. I mean, they had a young a young team that had potential, but not potential to be the best team in the league at any point in the season, much less to go on. How many was their win streak before they? Well, they're, lost? so they're tied with the Boston Bruins for the league lead in points right now at thirty eight points apiece. Which I mean, the Boston Bruins. Okay, you can ex- you can say I kind of expected that. We knew how good they were and how star studded they were. Getting Krejci back and Bergie coming back. But, you know, even to be fair, even the Boston Bruins, people were worried about them because they had some really significant injuries they were working through. Marchand. But, and- but they're still not as nearly as big of a surprise as this New Jersey Devils team. And, uh, yeah, they, they went on a crazy winning streak, and they finally lost on – Last Wednesday, they finally lost that winning streak by losing 2-1 to one to the Maple Leafs. But since then, they've proceeded to win another three games in a row. Mm-hmm. They've lost one game in the month of November, everybody. One game. And that actually spans all the way back to October 24th. So, since a week before Halloween, everybody, they've lost one game. I mean... How do you even wrap your head around that? And it's not like this team is loaded with superstars. They're just they're they're all pulling the rope here. It's just a really fun dynamic team. I mean, they've got some young player, young talent, of course. Jack Hughes is an absolute fun player to watch. 
leads the team in goals with 12. Jesper Bratt is a great player, of course. But, I mean, it's not loaded with veteran superstar talent. These are young players that are doing this. And you know what this tells me? The Devils are going to be around and be a force for a long time, the long extended foreseeable future, if this is what they're already doing now with this young talent. Uh, yeah, they're, they could be set up for the next few years. Um, I mean, they were wanting to fire the GM and everything up there uh, before this season. And well, uh, they were doing the chant the other night at one of their games, chanting sorry to the GM. Uh, <laughs> that's That's awesome. That is really funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Preds are—they've got their work cut out for them for sure. This this game on Thursday against the Devils on the road is—it's um, a chance for the Preds to go out and get a statement win. They don't have a lot of statement wins this year. If you look at the Preds' wins, they don't really have a lot of wins that you can look at and say, "Okay, that was a really impressive statement win." They don't have too many of those on their resume this year. You go out and beat the Devils on Thursday, the hottest team in the league right now. That that can really go a long ways into changing the um, the feeling around this Preds team right now. Agree. Agree. And it's a team you don't know a lot about. I mean, the Preds and Devils don't play each other very often. It's an Eastern Conference team, of course. Um, you're looking at the goalie situation here for the Devils. Uh, uh, Vanacek is a very – I mean, he hasn't even played 100 games in his career. And he's out there as an early Vesna Trophy favorite right now. 11-2 record, 2.12 goals against average, .923 save percentage. Uh, came over to the Devils in his first season, played his first two seasons with the Washington Capitals. So that mm-hmm. that's proven to be a huge pickup for them in net. So this Devils team's for real, everybody. A couple other teams I have in my um, hot department. We'll see if Kyle agrees here. Of course, the Bruins have to be in there. They're, but they're again, they're a team that, shouldn't be as nearly as big of a surprise. I got the Dallas Stars in there, of course. I mean, I saw them in person when I got to go see them play the Lightning a couple weeks ago, and even though they lost that game, what I see out of the Dallas Stars is a very well-coached team. They are they they yep. they don't beat themselves. The Dallas Stars don't. You've got to go out and take it from them. They're not going to give it to you. If you beat the Dallas Stars – you absolutely had to go out there and earn it. That's what I see out of a team like the Dallas Stars with their uh, new head coach Pete DeBoer. I mean, when they when when they had a uh, Rick Bonus as their head coach, um, a lot of the Stars fans. If uh, Nikki's still listening right now, she's the big Stars fan. She might be able to agree with me here. Um, Rick Bonus. I mean, Stars fans were like, "Please get rid of Rick Bonus. His style is boring. It doesn't mesh well with the type of superstar talent we have." with Jason Robertson and Rupe Hintz and Miro Haskinen and just even the veteran Joe Pavelski. Well, they've got, it seems like they've got the right head coach now with Pete DeBoer. Does this team, like I said, they play like a very well-coached, fundamentally sound team. So I'm going to hit you one out of left field a wee bit. All right. Some, something we kind of talked about earlier in, in the chat. 
in the last 10 games, this team is 8-1-1. One one. You talking about Where the Stars you? or the Devils? No. Oh, the team you're about to drop on me. Okay. Uh-huh. Who's this? The Seattle Kraken. Oh, yeah. I, I should have put them in my hot list. Yeah, I left them out, and I, I shouldn't have. Thanks for throwing them in there because you're absolutely right. The Seattle Kraken, man. They are um, – they're 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 legit. They and you know what? Um, they actually got. I came across a really good stat that someone shared. I want to share it. I want to make sure I give proper proper um, citing to the people who shared this. Uh, but as a second year expansion team, the Kraken are in very very rare territory as far as a second year expansion team being this successful here it is this came from uh mike benton on twitter who is a studio host and covers the seattle kraken in seattle shared a really good uh, thing here so and it pertains to the predators too so in the predators second year of expansion they were a they were 7 11 and 3 through this same point in the season the Kraken are 13-5-3. Every other team since the expansion era really ramped up in the 90s. The Kraken are by far ahead of every other second-year expansion team. By far. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at Vegas and the success they had in that first year, they definitely did not do that in their sophomore season. Exactly. Well, it says it right here. Uh, Vegas was nine wins, 11 losses, and one overtime loss, and lost in the first round of the playoffs in their second year as a team. So it's, it's obviously remains to be seen what the Kraken will be able to accomplish when it comes to making it in the playoffs. But I'm glad you brought them up because they are absolutely a legit team, and they boat raced the Preds when they played them. Yes, they did. I mean, it was not even close. It was – I mean, that that was such a beatdown. It looked like the Preds didn't even belong in the same arena as the Kraken. Agreed. Uh, they, uh, they they did a number on them. That's all you can say is they did an absolute number on them. And that team is a young team. I, I really like how they have built it. Uh They've got a lot of hope for the future on that team right now. Um, they're they're right there with Detroit. They're going to be a problem in a couple of years, for sure. Uh, but you know what? They're a problem right now. They're <laughs> a problem, and it's an easy team to cheer for. I think we've said that before on this show. Uh, if the Preds aren't in it, I won't have any problems whatsoever cheering for the Kraken. It'll it'll be easy for me to cheer for them. Um, okay, I got a team that. Started off really shaky, didn't know how they were going to respond after an offseason full of a lot of changes. The salary cap came along and bit them in the in the ass a little bit. But watch out for them because they are still a force and they are still a team that can do a lot of damage when and if they make it to the Stanley Cup playoffs team uh, playoffs again this year. That is the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I'm not I'm glad Rich isn't here because he would completely just attack me for this because we know his hatred for the Tampa Bay Lightning. But <laughs> you gotta say about, nice things whenever he's not here. We're we're talking about a Tampa Bay Lightning team here that is starting to really put it all together again. And they're starting to get that championship pedigree back under them. They've only the only team they've lost to in the last three weeks is two losses 
to the Boston Bruins, which, I mean, everyone's losing to the Boston Bruins right now. But this team is starting to click again. All of their superstars are starting to find the back of the net again. And I just got to say, as the season rolls on, the type of team that the Tampa Bay Lightning are, they're only going to get better. They're going to age like fine wine. They're going to get better as the season rolls on. So I don't think anyone needs to gloss over the fact that the Tampa Bay Lightning are still a force in this league. I'm not, I, I'm not saying they're necessarily going to win it all. They're not my favorites to win it all. But they're very much still up there in that top tier, if you ask me. And Andre Vazleski is still Andre Vazleski. And he's still gigantic. He hasn't shrunk at all. If, he anything, is, if anything, he's gotten bigger, probably. <laughs> he is still the state of Marshmallow Man. <laughs> all right let's let's flip over to the um sad side of the ledger here and the coldest Ugh. teams and thank thankfully we don't have to put the preds in this category is that fair i think we can go ahead and mm-hmm. i think if we would if we would have done this topic a few weeks ago when uh, me and kyle did the state of the union emergency state of the union the preds would have absolutely been in this category but since then they went on a five game point streak and they've gotten points now in six of their last, what, seven games. And one of those games was a overtime loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So the Preds are doing some good things here. So we will leave them out of the cold category. But um, I got a team that I'm very happy to say is back in that cold ca- category, and that is our beloved friends, the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. Uh, one win in their last ten. Um it's not good, but it's not again, good at all. if there's one team that I th- could see tanking, it's going to be the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, I, I could too. It's uh, tank season in Chicago. They would love to get uh, Connor Bedard. They would love to get a generational type of talent. And as much as I would hate to see them get a player like that, I think they're going to tank. And they're clearly doing that. They're looking for trade partners for Patrick Kane right now. Have you seen some of those those reports, Kyle, about that? Yeah, they're Kane? flying everywhere, and it's just, ooh, that's going to be. I think the last report I saw was with Lincoln Patrick Kane was to the Bruins, if I if I remember correctly. They're going to have to do a lot to make that money fit, I'm going to say. Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, that's going to be almost anywhere. You're going to have to pay a pretty penny. But it, I, if, a, if, a, if a team is already a contender right now, and they go all in to sign Patrick Kane to put them over the hump to win a Stanley Cup. It could blow up in their faces, but a you know a team like the Boston Bruins, if they were to go out and get a Patrick Kane, he's going to end up somewhere big. It's gonna it, it's it's he's going to be the biggest trade target for sure. Oh, absolutely, because he definitely wants to leave. So. Yeah, it's looking like he's being definitely linked most notably to the Bruins right now. Um, NBC Sports did an article yesterday on it. Um, This is the one I came across here. Uh, Like you said, I don't know how they would make this work. I would. uh, They would have to do a lot of roster roster decisions here. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I guess that's the team that's in the running right now for Patrick Kane. So um, he's in, Kane's in the final year of his contract. So that's, I guess, where you can kind of like work with it, I guess, because he, he doesn't have a long contract remaining. So 
he might be a rental. He might go somewhere and be a one-year rental. Hey, join our team and let's go win a cup, and then we'll say so long to you. I don't know. <sighs> but, yeah, it's tank season for the Chicago Blackhawks for sure. Um, of course, the Anaheim Ducks on there. Let's talk about this team, Kyle. And this was a team that started off hot, and they were one of the most I, surprising teams. This is a team. Go ahead and say it if you were. I bet I know who it is, and I'm thinking you're going to say the Philadelphia Flyers. That is, you read my mind perfectly, man. The Philadelphia Flyers, man. What is going on with that team? John Tortorella doesn't want to answer questions and post game press conferences. He's snapping back at reporters who are just trying to do their job. Did you see that where uh, Tortorella, the reporter, asked a completely fair question and Torts was like, yeah. oh, you, fi- you, you basically figure it out. Like, I'm not going to do the story for you, which I get, you know, look, listen, first of all, because we're in, you know, like I'm not a reporter. I'm not in the locker room. I got, I, I've, so every now and then I get interactions on Twitter where people want me to, um, you know, go ask Coach John Hines the question. And I'm like, look, I'm not, I'm not in the locker room. First of all, I live in Florida, so I don't have that. Ability anyway. <laughs> but, but second of all, I don't have a media credential, unfortunately. So I am right there with the fans here on this. I, I just speak what we speak, what we see, we give our opinions. We're right there with the fans on this. But um, when I see a reporter just trying to do their job and they're asking completely fair questions and an old school coach like John Tortorello just snaps back and, and doesn't even give a, a fair response. I mean, I, I I can't buy into that. And of course, that's how Torts is. I mean, but the Flyers—they're a mess right now, man. They 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 completely have reverted back to what everyone thought they would be going into the season. Yeah, um, nobody expected them to be that good, and then they came in and they were they were hot there for a good bit, and just all of a sudden, everything that can go wrong is going wrong with that team. They can't buy a win. Uh, Doesn't di- hurt that they're in a really good division. Yeah. But and there's another team that is kinda cold and it's surprising to me. And that would be the Hurricanes. Oh yeah. They're four, two, and four in their last ten. That is a bit, my uh my my uh Stanley preseason Stanley Cup pick is not looking very good right now. Yeah, it's, it's not really looking good odd. Yeah. Well uh but- Wait a minute! You picked the New York Rangers, though, so I don't think. Yeah, I was about to say we're. I'm not far out of that boat with you, and I don't really understand why they. It's a wild, wacky season this year, Uh, and it's still extremely early. Of course, a lot can change, but yeah, the Rangers are ten, nine, and four, so they're very mediocre at this point. And uh, Carolina's twelve, six, and five, but they're trending in the wrong direction right now. And you got a New Jersey Devils team that's got an eight-point lead in that Metropolitan Division right now. And a team like the Islanders is in second place. So, yeah, that the Metropolitan Division is not going anything like people expected so far. No, no. The, yeah, they just it, – They were it, a good team last year when they had Trotz as the coach. Yeah. But if, any, that, if anyone is out there trying to say that their um, their prediction was Devils, Islanders, Hurricanes in their top three, uh, can you give me your uh, lottery numbers for tomorrow? Because I'm going to go win the Powerball. Because I don't believe you. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, I mean, going back to the Devils, I'm just looking at the standings right now. They are a plus 36 goal differential. I mean, that's just. 
domination, man. Plus 36. Yeah, I never would have thought that. that Metropolitan Division is just a complete mess, though, if you think about it, because even Columbus, I mean, no one thought Columbus would be outstanding, but the fact that they're in last place after going out and getting that big Johnny Goudreau edition to, to be where that's they're at, painful. that's a, that's very painful. So I, that's why I've got them in the cold category is I'm not saying they were a Stanley Cup contender by any means, but to be in last place, that is a major disappointment, and I'm sure – uh, Blue Jackets fans are not happy about how that's working out so far this season. Oh, so, you know. there's. So I guess what we're trying to tell everybody is, as Preds fans, as frustrating ha- as this season has been, and we do think the Preds should be much better than where they're at in the standings right now, because on paper, they should be a much better team. It could always be worse, and we just went through like six or seven teams that – have a reason to equally be as frustrated as we are right now, if not more frustrated than we are right now. So it's a wacky NHL season, just like Kyle said. And this is why we love hockey, man. This is why we love watching this stuff. Because mm-hmm. it, it's so unpredictable. And you never have any clue what's going to happen. Any day you can have just the wildest thing happen in this league. Nikki has a great idea here. I hope she's speaking it to existence right now. She says, I just want the Preds to beat the Canes so we can dunk on them on Twitter. Yeah. And we need some really good Kyle Perkins memes to come out of that. I've been slacking. Yeah, but I know you got some in the holster. Uh, you got some good Canes memes if – and some Rod oh, Brindam, yeah, some, some RBA tweet memes or whatever. I know you got some good ones. I mean, I still have more Karen memes for Rod. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for real. So um, good stuff there. Again, stay tuned. We are going to work on our next T-shirt with gr- a Greasy Goals T-shirt with Catfish and Ice. We're going to try to collaborate with uh, Fang Fingers, who does all the really cool – Preds inspired t-shirts, which is part of the So Nashville uh, t-shirt line. Go check out So Nashville, especially if you're looking for Christmas gift ideas right now. I know we passed the um, Cyber Monday deals that everyone was on. They had some really good deals for that, but still, go check out So Nashville. They have so many really cool Nashville-inspired shirts, and Fang Fingers is part of So Nashville, and they do more of the Preds stuff. We collaborated with them back in the day when the podcast first started uh, with the Welcome to Stashville shirt. And um, we would love to do another shirt with them. So we're going to work on that. And I will release more details on that. We'll try to do maybe a giveaway or two to give out some of these shirts. But we're going to come out with a Greasy greasy Goals t-shirt. I think that'll be a lot of fun. So we'll start working on a, on a design for that. Yeah. They make some quality products. I have a couple of theirs. Um I'm actually in their little group on Facebook and see some of the new designs they're coming out with as they're working on them. And they are top tier. I mean, just tongue in cheek. They're local. Uh, good stuff. And really always, stuff. And we're always about supporting local businesses when you can. Um, always support the small local businesses when you can. 
So um, it's been a really fun episode. We've got some winning vibes going here. It's nice to have a watch along for a change and come out on the winning side of it. The Preds winning overtime 2-1. to one. This is your host, Chad Minton with Kyle Perkins. This has been episode 161 of Catfish on Ice. Rich Howe, our buddy, will hopefully be back next week. Um, until then, we love all of you. We appreciate you. Go follow us on Twitter at Catfish Ice. Hit up the YouTube channel and hit the subscribe button. That helps a ton. And until then, we will see you. Have a great rest of your week. Good night, everybody. <laughs>